Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. I want to continue um, just for the next uh, few moments a series that we're looking at together. So we're, we're, we've been looking at when I'm when I've been speaking, an opportunity to speak on a series based on the book of Genesis, in Genesis rather, based on the life of a man called Joseph, and we've been unpacking some principles that come out of his story and life. And so this morning, I just want to take a few moments to uh, probably about the next twenty minutes or so. To look at the theme of full forgiveness. I'm going to look at the theme of forgiveness, and I'm not going to say it's an easy thing, and I don't profess this to be a straightforward and easy thing to forgive, but we're going to look at this and Joseph's life and how God can help us and the Holy Spirit. It's, an, it's quite an amazing thing that can happen in your life and my life. I do realize that for some people, this might spark, stir some things in your heart and life, some painful things. And if, if you want opportunity to pray about those things, then we would love to pray with you and stand with you. But here we go. This is where we're going to go. So um, it would help if I had my Bible with me. So if you have a Bible or you've got access, would you turn to Genesis chapter 50 just for a moment or two? And there's a few verses that I want to major on. It's chapter 50 of Genesis, verse 19 to 21. They're not going to come up on the screen this time. And uh, we read it at the uh, end of Genesis, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. We read of this in Joseph's life. And uh, at verse uh, 19, well, verse 15 for context, 15 to 20. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, well, her father never said any of these things, but they made these things up because they were so frightened. Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. In other words, we'll make ourselves your slaves. Right, I'm reading from the New King James, which is a slightly different translation. Verse 19, Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them. And spoke kindly to them. He comforted them and spoke kindly to them. The first thing I, um, 
that I want to say is that Joseph's journey of forgiveness is exactly that. It's a journey. In this, in this part of the story, so we, we're now, this is some 30 years later, after Joseph had, had um, he, had, by now, he was a second in command of Egypt. He'd come from prison to being almost like a king. We've been looking at the story. Uh, and there comes a point in this story where his brothers and then his dad come from Canaan, which was a land that was destitute, and came to live with Joseph in Egypt and all, all of their family. And uh, it's in the preceding chapters this story is, is, is expounded. And um, it, the, in, in, the, in Genesis, it shows us that Jacob, is Joseph's dad, lived when, when he, Joseph said, come and live, I forgive you, or come and live with me, and I will look after you and all your family. He lived another 27 years. So this is now nearly 30 years. So upon his death, this is, this is about 27 to 30 years after Joseph has, has forgiven his brothers and his dad, and the families had begun to live and settled. It says that Jacob was 127 years old when he died. So, so at this point, the brothers now, on the death of their dad, of Jacob, the, the patriarchal figure of their family, think maybe Joseph, all these, these, these 27 years, maybe Joseph hasn't really forgiven us. He's, he's forgiven us to a degree, but when, his, when dad's died, now we're really going to be in it. And so they make up this story to say, look, Dad said, forgive the boys for what they've done. That's the gist of the story. And what we see in Joseph is full and real deep forgiveness. Because even after these extra 30 years, with all that his brothers had done to him, you know, left him for dead, were going to try and murder him, chucked him in a pit to die, then sold him into slavery, whereby he was accused many years later of, of attempted rape, falsely accused, thrown in prison for, 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 for quite a few years uh, to rot and die. Um, you know, he had, he had everything. Joseph had every reason, you could say, to be rightly angry, upset with the ill treatment. That's, that's a... That's a the, the way in which he was treated by his brothers. And yet we find him here in the, the way in which the story unfolds. Uh, even, even after he'd said to, and his dad had, his dad had passed, passed on by this time, uh, he, he says to them, am I in the place of God? I, you know, I forgive you. And not only you, I'll look after you and your children. And your children. Not only say I forgive you, he does something about it and actually gives and loves, and it says that he, you know, it sort of breaks his heart, and he speaks kindly to them. There's a lot of emotion. There's a real deep. So most Bible scholars say this. This is really a, a foretaste of Jesus' forgiveness on the cross. This full forgiveness, and so we have. But but you know, forgiveness isn't easy. So we're going to speak about this, and this isn't easy. And, and even being a Christian, it, it still isn't necessarily a straightforward journey and path, is it? You see, and so I lay, I'm laboring this point. Joseph had a journey of forgiveness. Yes, it's a story. His life is a beacon of forgiveness. It, it's, it's an incredible story that we can learn from. But it didn't just happen immediately. 
It's a 30-year journey, a tortuous 30-year journey of highs and lows, whereby he comes to this place of full forgiveness. I want to say to you that, uh, you know, don't... So as we speak, and I, uh, the next few minutes, just talk about forgiveness and how to forgive, and with God's help we can forgive. I do underst- we understand that it, it may be challenging for you and I, and there may, we may be on a journey. We may be on a journey today. And we see this in Joseph's life. It was glorious. And through the highs and the lows of his life, and over, over these many years, he comes to this place where he gloriously, beautifully, and wonderfully, truly forgives. But he not only forgives his family and his brothers, they multiplied into a nation. His forgiveness allowed a whole nation to grow. A whole nation were to grow. So his forgiveness not only affected him, made him feel better, released his family, they all felt better, but hundreds of thousands of people yet to come would become a nation, the nation, Israelite nation. It's an incredible story. Forgiveness is an amazing thing. When you come to a place where you can forgive, it releases, it multiplies, it does incredible things in and through our hearts and our lives. But it's a journey. It can be a bit of a journey. But we've got to set out on that journey. Okay. Second thing I would want to say is um, it's a journey because it, we go through a cycle. And what can happen for you and I is we, we go through a cycle. You know, when, when we're hurt, we hold that hurt. I don't know about you, that's what happens to me. And psychologists actually say that's what happens to human beings is that when we get hurt by something or somebody, we hold that hurt. How dare they've done that? Why have they done Why me? Why have they done that to me? How come that's happened to me? Why me? Who are you to have done that to me? And, and, and we, we hold that hurt. And, and it's, it's pretty normal. It's pretty natural to go through that type of experience. What I'm expressing now, some of you begin to feel your heart pounding because you're thinking, that's me. And I know this because I've gone through this process myself. So that's how I speak out of experience. And I'm sure Joseph would have gone through that, sitting in a stinking prison, left to die. Why me? And there is this. And so when we get hurt, we hold that. And, um, there, and so, so, so what, what happens is, is that I, I'm going to suggest to you uh, to, that we nurse and rehearse. And what we need to do through forgiveness is to disperse. So we nurse. When, when, so this is the cycle of, of, of unforgiveness. And it happens in us all to some degree. When we get hurt, we hold, we nurse. Why me? Why you? Oh, what? How dare you? It's quite normal. It's understandable. It's almost, there is something natural in that sense of, I'm outraged. Why have you done this? How come? And so we, it, it cuts, it cuts us. And um, the danger is, When we hold it, nurse, and and it holds you, and it holds me. That person that's hurt you, it might be a mother or a father, it might be a husband or a wife, it could be someone at work, and it cuts. And when we hold it, when we're hurt, we hold, but it holds us. And the danger is, and I say the hold because when we, when, we, when we nurse it, we begin to, you go through a cycle at times of rehearsing it. And we go through the event of how it happened or what happened. 
And then what am I going to do? And you can even act out in your mind how you're going to get them and how they're going to, they're, one day they'll pay. And, and I'm going to say this. To, and you can even find yourself saying it and shouting it to their face. This is what you did to me. And you find yourself going, almost acting out because you're rehearsing. You're going through the experience and, and you, we find ourselves in that type of cycle. And then when we rehearse it, it makes it go deeper. So we nurse it all the more. And so we're caught in when we hold something that hurts us, it holds you and it holds me. And forgiveness, and I don't say this easily. This is why I took a bit of time to explain that this didn't come quickly to Joseph, but he did. Forgiveness, to say I forgive, means I disperse. I'll let go. I'll let that person go. i let them go. I'm going to let them go to disperse. Now, here you say, What? How? Something that Joseph said, <clears throat> I believe, is the pivot point that helped him disperse. Look at this. Come back with me in verse 19. Joseph said to them, they, they fell on their faces because they thought they were going to die again. So it says in, in verse 18, they fell on their face. We're going to be your slaves, they said. This is his brothers. This really moved Joseph's heart because these were really repentant guys now. They thought, this is it, we're doomed, we're going to die. And, th- and this is what Joseph says Uh, So it says there, but Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? Am I in the place of God? He said. He said, only God can forgive. I can't can't hold anything against you. And then he goes on to say this. As for you, you meant evil against me, and this is the key, but God meant it for good. But God. The key to forgiveness is the but God moment in our lives. A lot of people who aren't Christians forgive. I get that. But what can really bring true sense of deep healing in our hearts and lives is this but God. It says, you meant to harm, but God has turned all of this and ultimately it's come good, but God. And that, I would say, is the pivot point. You can either go down the door will be closed or the door can be open. It's a pivot point. The opening or the, that point is the but God moment. And that's the disperse. That's how we disperse. You know, um, Jesus on the cross said, Father, in utter agony and bleeding and dying, but before dying, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Forgiveness. He dispersed. He released humanity. A man called Francis Frangipane, uh, a Christian writer, wrote a great book called The House of the Lord. He said this, The redemptive power of God is released when people forgive each other. Say that again. The redemptive power of God is released When people forgive each other. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they do. The universe was healed by the redemptive power of God. You and I are sitting here today because of the redemptive power of Jesus. We're only here today because of Jesus' forgiveness, his death and resurrection. Life, death and resurrection. The redemptive power of God. Now, that same redemptive resurrection power is released when you and I forgive. It's amazing. 
It's astounding. It's astounding what can happen when we release. Psalm 103, verse 12, reading from the NIV. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he, that's God, removed my transgressions from us. That's called dispersal. I'll say that again. Read it again. Psalm 103, verse 12. How amazing is this? When God looks at you and me and through Jesus' his forgiveness. Look at this. As far as the east is from the west. That's a long way. The east. Oh, I don't know. Is that? Eat shredded wheat. No, I never eat shredded wheat. So, yeah, east, west. I said, never eat shredded wheat. That's what I remember, east and west. And um, as far as the east is from the west, so far... Has he removed our transgressions from us? God dispersed everything, sin, death and hell that would have held me and you. And Jesus forgave. Oh my word, how incredible is that? And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is released when you and I forgive. Oh my word, how incredible. It's that amazing. It's that powerful. It's that fundamental. You know, um, healing, mercy, freedom, love, grace is released when we forgive. And that's how you and I feel. What held us doesn't hold us any longer. We feel healed. Mercy, mercy, bathed in mercy. We have freedom. We feel utterly loved. We have the grace of God in and on and through our lives. And that's on us as we release, and then on those that we release. But it has a multiplying effect, a supernatural multiplying effect, a redemptive power that raised Christ from the dead is released when we forgive, as far as the east is from the west. And so you can choose, you and I can choose to nurse and rehearse, nurse and rehearse, nurse, and, and it just goes deeper and it holds us more and it hurts us all the more. Or we come to that pivot point, but God... And then we, dis- we disperse, we forgive. So finally, it leads me to my last point, which is this. How do we do that? It's through a divine perspective. Through a divine perspective. You know, it's interesting that Joseph says, you know, when the brothers say, you know, forgive us, don't hold this against us. And then Joseph says, am I God? Far be it from me to hold this against you. This is what he's saying. He's, Joseph has an understanding of the power of God, who God is. It's ultimately God that, that deals with mankind's sin. You know, when, when you and I, somebody does something against us, they owe me. But it's not to us that people answer. And that's how I feel when I'm not forgiving. You've got to answer to me. But Joseph understood, you don't answer to Joseph. You did this to me, Joseph said, but you don't answer to me. You answer to God. It's a different perspective. It's a divine perspective. It takes something off of you and Jesus says, I've taken it. It's incredible. And this is how we let go. I'm not saying it's easy. You know I've not said it's easy. It's a journey, but it takes it off of me and Jesus says, I take it on me. All our sins, he's taken upon himself on the cross. Cursed is he who hung on the tree. Wow, it's amazing. And so... Joseph says this, am I God? And then he says, and he goes on to say, but God, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. So Joseph has a perspective of God. He sees the bigger picture. He sees the God picture in his life. And for you and I, I think that's the key for us finding freedom 
letting go, letting God. But that's a tortuous journey of us taking it back, giving it to God, taking it back again, maybe giving it to God and leaving it with him and then beginning to feel free. And this is the journey that we all learn to take. But, and so for Joseph, there's this idea that God is sovereign and God is saviour. You know, it's the God who, he, 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 he gives God credence. He says, it's but God. It's only by God that I'm, that I'm now seeing the good. And a whole nation are now going to be released. Many peoples and their lives are now being released. And he also says, and your children, I'm going to look after your children. Your children are going to be released. It's all down to God. And Joseph sees this. It's a perspective. It's not just you and me and the circumstance and this life. But God sees the circumstance and the situation and can change it and turn it into good for you and for me. And so this divine perspective, so, so Joseph sees that God's, God's sovereign and God is saviour, you know, the sovereign saving hand of God. He says, but God, and I would say to you, that's for you and me. We've got to know God in our lives. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus. Coming to church is good. Reading the Bible's good. Praying's good. But knowing Jesus is better, is the best. And all those things maybe help, but knowing Jesus, relating to Jesus, knowing the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives. But God! But God. I don't know about for you, but what is the but God for you? What is the but God in your life? Someone has done this. My husband has done that. My father did this to me. And I don't say this lightly. Um, circumstance has done this to me. My health is such. Why? But God! I don't say that lightly. Honestly, I've thought about this the whole week and prayed and think this is a challenging thing to say to people and over our lives. But it is a challenging thing. It costs Jesus everything. Forgiveness costs. There is a bit of a cost on the journey, but it's releasing. It's life. It's health. It's hope. It's freedom. It's forgiveness with God for eternity. And also in this earth, we may know the power of it also. But God... God is sovereign, God is saviour, but God has spirit. Now, something, now, this is maybe something that Joseph didn't quite have like you and I have. In the New Testament, with Jesus' death and resurrection, he said, I go to be with the Father, but I send the Spirit to be with you. With this world close. He said, I send the Spirit to be with you. And, you know, it's something that Joseph wouldn't have known in quite the same way as we know today. And this is, this is even better news now for you and I. How about this? God is sovereign, God is saviour, but God has spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Paul says to the Roman believers, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Romans 8, verse 26. I haven't got time to, we haven't got time to expand that, but we'll look at the power of the Holy Spirit in the, in the weeks ahead. But... Um, Romans 8.26, Paul says the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. When the Roman Christians were being persecuted, there was all sorts of things going on in their lives. Infirmities, weaknesses, cripplings, says the Bible there. And it's the Spirit that helps us. And so it's the Holy Spirit that helps. The Spirit is a helper. Do you know the word help means literally to take hold of along with you and on the other side? It means to take hold together. So when Paul says it's the Holy Spirit... God, the Holy Spirit, who helps you, he takes hold of your issue, your circumstance, along with you, uh, opposite side, and will lift together. The helper is the word there, literally means, it means there, when Paul says the spirit, the 
The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. I don't know about you, but when you feel weak, when you feel that to forgive, that person looms large. Their name, their outrage, the pain. And when it really grips your heart, Paul says the Spirit will help you in that in crippling weakness or infirmity. Whatever's got you, the Holy Spirit will help you. How about that? You're not on your own. It's amazing. And the word literally means the Holy Spirit, the one who is called alongside, will take hold of together. It, the word help means take hold together. And so there is a divine power, supernatural power of God that will help you to forgive. If you open up your heart to the but God. It's remarkable. It's astounding. It's incredible. Let's pray. There's perhaps a lot more I could say, but I'm not going to. I think that's enough now. I think the Holy Spirit wants to do something in your heart and my life. So this morning, there'll be some people where you've got to forgive yourself. I don't know who you are. There are some people, you have to forgive yourself. You've been too hard on yourself. I don't know who you are. This morning, there's some of us have got to forgive. There's a place to forgive. I tell you, you've got to. I'm not saying you've got to, but there's a place to forgive mum or a dad or a brother or a sister or a husband or a wife. And I don't say it lightly. Maybe for someone it's to say, God, forgive me. I've been unforgiving towards you. I don't know. But remember, as you seek to let go of that person, that circumstance, and say, God, into your hands, I give that person or circumstance. Remember that the Holy Spirit is the one, when you call and say, help me, will come along together with you and give you the energy and strength to let go. Let's pray. It'd be great if the worship team, well, I'm about to pray, if they could come back, that'd be brilliant. Thank you. Mighty God, our Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. And in this auditorium, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come. You're the paraclete called alongside and we call upon you, Holy Spirit, to come alongside our weaknesses, our upset, our outrage, our pain. And we ask you to help us as we choose to forgive, to let go. Pray, Father God, that you will give a divine perspective to each one of us, that we can see the bigger picture of you, God, in the midst of our lives. A Father who wants to heal, save and deliver. You will not let us go and not let us go under. He will keep us in the palm of his hand. Who looks for the one that goes astray, even when 99 in a good, safe place. 
We open our hearts to you, Father God, Holy Spirit, that you would come as we let that person go. And I just ask you, just in your heart and mind, you know the name and you know the person and you know the circumstance. And whoever that is, do not have to tell me or tell anyone else. Tell God in your heart right now. If it's yourself, you're going to let go into God's hands for forgiveness. Then do that right now. Jesus, we thank you for your love, your sacrifice, the hope that you bring, your mercy, your full and total forgiveness of my life. When you said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Those words weren't just for that day over 2,000 years ago. Those words, forgive them, they don't know what they do. It echoed in my heart at 20 years of age in 19. 80, whatever it was, when I became a Christian. Lord Jesus, thank you that you forgive completely, freely. And so this morning now we pray that a release of your spirit will help us as we seek to release and forgive those that have hurt us in the name of Jesus and by the power of your spirit. We thank you that the redemptive power of God is released when people forgive each other. And I pray for a release of healing in marriages, in homes, in hearts, in people's bodies, in minds. I pray for people today that are depressed, having anxiety attacks because of the pain of unforgiveness and the pain of circumstance to be released and freed and healed in the name of Jesus. For relationships to be renewed, restored. Broken marriages, renewed, we pray, Father. Relationships with parents to be released and renewed, we pray, in the name of Jesus. With children, a release in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray for redemptive miracles to be loosed as we release. Father, east is from the west. We pray for transgressions to be removed. Ours are removed. We pray with the removal between us and others. In the name of Jesus, we ask, Father God. We seek your mercy. We seek your face. We seek your love. We seek your forgiveness, Jesus. Help us, we pray, as we let go and let you. Father God, I thank you that you see the hearts of people here today, releasing, struggling, trying, opening, commencing a journey. For some, it's the beginning of a journey. Maybe for some, it's a, it's a long journey that they've had and they say, yeah, haha, that's the, that's the key for me today. And some have done that. For others, it's a journey that you've, you've, you've opened a door. You've not opened a Pandora's box, but you've opened a door to freedom that allows some people to begin that journey this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I pray that what is started today will be completed. What you start in our hearts will be completed fully, completely, in the name of Jesus, we ask. Don't let it fall upon soil, though the ground is hard, Father, but we open our hearts that they might be open to you. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. 
Amen, amen. Let's stand together as we sing together. Great. 